All right, that's awesome, that's awesome. It's been a great day already, you know, just to see what God has already done. Had a young man give his life to Christ today, and uh, that's a good day, right? That's a good day any day. So, uh, so I'm just glad to be able to be a part of it. I tell people all the time, I'm just glad that God lets me be a part of what He's doing here at Journey Church. If you're joining us online, we're so glad that you are choosing to join us in that way today. And uh, I had a conversation with someone this past week who's not able to always be in here, but said that that's how they... God is, is ministering them through that uh, online ministry that we have. So praise God for that. So today, you know, we're wrapping up a series uh, on prayer. And uh, I don't know if you guys realize, but for two months, we've been teaching about prayer. and We've been talking about prayer. And we've hopefully been praying, right? We've been praying for things. We've been learning how to pray. And hopefully, as you have worked through some of the uh, prayer guides, you have, you have applied the Scripture. Uh, the, one of the greatest blessings in life is when we, not only when we read Scripture, but when we apply Scripture and we apply that truth to our life. Uh, we reap that benefit. And so hopefully you guys have been praying with us uh, for the last uh, two months. We've been praying and learning how to pray, and, and uh, hopefully you have seen God answer prayer. Uh, I know I have. You know, I had someone share with me just a few weeks ago how they had been battling anxiety. And uh, they were, you know, they just they got up and came to the altar for prayer and had a lady pray over her. And as she prayed over her, she said, God took away the anxiety. And uh, that's healing. That's what that is. We've had uh, two good reports on uh, people that are battling cancer to get a, a great report and say, you know what, I'm cancer-free. That's, uh, that's healing. That's physical healing. And uh, so God does that. And so don't lose sight of what prayer is. And it's, really, it's one of those things where we can say, hey, man, it really works. And then all of a sudden we stop doing it or we kind of get away from that. And that'll be the gravitational pull is to pull you back into the, you know, maybe your, your normal pattern of life or maybe even the way you've always done things instead of doing things that, you know what, focus on the supernatural. And so prayerfully as we move forward as a church, we want to be known as a church of prayer, right? We want to be a, a church that prays and we believe in the power of prayer and we believe in the power of God to heal. We believe in the power of God to save and we believe that uh, God can do all things. And so today we're talking about courage. And so uh, in this, this last message here, praying for courage and and i think today's is a fitting message for where we are as a nation and in the world today i mean many of you guys have probably been watching the news all week and and there's been a major turn of events and for a lot of people it's kind of rattled their cage um you know and they go you know how close are we to you know the end times or whatever and and here's what i would just say scripture's been clear you know there will always be wars and rumors of wars i mean and we are probably closer than we've ever been but the thing is, is we need to be prepared for that, and we need to be courageous in times like this. Uh, this is a great time for us to, as believers, as followers, and hopefully prayerfully the church as a, as a whole will shine brightly in times like this. You know, we, we will go out of our way to minister. We'll do the right things, and we'll be courageous in our faith. And so let's look at what uh, courage is. You know, we, we talk about courage, and I think sometimes we have uh, some, uh, some, maybe some, warped views of what courage is because we you know we've seen too many movies and we go that's really courage and sometimes there's there's incredible courage that we see around us you know maybe someone is fighting cancer maybe they're battling they're going through chemo and we go man they are so courageous and uh, you you hear the courage in their voice and you hear the or you see it in their their post where they're they're claiming scripture and they're talking about what god is doing you see incredible courage in their in their life and there's others who have the courage to get outside of themselves and to do things for other people. And you go, man, they're, they're so courageous, uh, you know, and they're doing incredible things. So courage defined. Let's look at a couple of definitions here. 
One of the Hebrew words translated courage as to be sharp, strong, or confirmed. Uh, that, those are some qualities what we like to have about us, right? That we're sharp, we're strong, we're confirmed. In other words, you know, that we're prepared and, and we're sharp. We're, we're prepared for the battle. We're prepared for the challenges that will come our way. And so there's courage there. King David was a brave young man. The Merriam-Webster uh, uh, Dictionary says this. It says, courage is the mental or moral strength to venture persevere and withstand danger fear or difficulty in other words willing to walk into those things and I, I love this it says willing to venture in other words willing to take a step you know sometimes we're afraid to take that step or that risk and maybe you know you're going you know i mean i just don't know but you got to trust god on some things uh, there's times we have to just take a step and trust God, and He'll meet that need, and He'll give us strength to take the next step. And sometimes it's baby steps, and it becomes, you know, it becomes a journey with God. And, and so we've got to trust Him. And so it's to venture or to persevere. Maybe you're having to push through something that this is going on for seasons. Maybe it's been a long, long time uh, that you've been persevering and the courage to do that and to withstand danger, fear, or difficulty. In other words, willing to stand up against it and to take a stand, having the courage to, to oppose something that is wrong. And we've got to be willing to have that courage among us. And here's the New Testament Greek word for courage can also be translated as confidence or boldness. In other words, we have to have this boldness about us and this confidence, not in ourselves, but confidence in Christ, confidence in who we are in Christ, confidence in our relationship with God through his son, Jesus Christ. It is only by faith that we have that. And so when we walk in life, we walk with a not an arrogance, not a haughty spirit, but if anything, it's, it's a, a humility, it's a humble spirit. And we walk with confidence in who God is and what he's doing in our life and, and what he can do in the lives of the people around us. So we have to have that confidence that we walk in. And so pray for courage in challenging times. I would say that we've probably been in the midst of that for a long time. We've been in a pandemic for a couple of years, and uh, hopefully we're towards the ends, ends of all of that. There's some people, like I said, that still, you know, have a, they're, they're afraid to gather and stuff like that. And, and hopefully we're moving beyond this COVID pandemic that we've dealt with, and we're moving beyond that. But the thing is, is there's always challenges, and there will always be challenges. You know, that won't be the last pandemic, I'll go ahead and tell you. You know, and there'll be other things that will come along that will challenge us, that will, you know, to want to attack us. You know, that's just part of it. There's wars and rumors of wars. I mean, if you guys were watching the news at all this week, you know that uh, Ukraine has been invaded. And, and man, for a lot of people, man, this, this is as touchy as it gets right now. And, uh, and we need to be careful, you know, what we do. But here's the thing. We need to be praying, you know, for good leadership as, as we're facing uh, courage, uh, challenging times. And, and we're going we're gonna to face challenging times. Even if you're not uh, you know, a world leader, you're going to face challenging times. Maybe it's at work or maybe it's with your family. You know, maybe, maybe it's something going on in your own personal life, but there's always going to be challenges. There's always going to be temptations. And so there's always these challenges that come against us, and we've got to be prepared to, to, to deal with those and to have courage in those challenging times. So I want us to look at a couple things here. This is out of John 16, 33, one of my favorite passages. This used to be my favorite passage, and I love this passage, but I got to where I liked so many of them, I couldn't really say, hey, that's my favorite anymore. Does that make sense? And so, but this one is, just says so much. It says, I've told you these things. This is Jesus talking to the disciples. So that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have trouble. But take heart, I have overcome the world. So for me, there's a lot of things that I claim out of that passage. One, that, that Jesus has already defeated the world. He's already conquered everything. He's overcome the world. But there's a lot of things here. It says, so that in me you may have peace. Now that peace doesn't mean that there's not going to be challenges. He's saying there's going to be challenges, right? But he says, no matter what comes your way, there's going to be peace. And that peace that passes understanding that the world can't seem to get its mind around. And so 
if you believe these things I've been telling you, it's what he's telling the disciples. If you believe what I've been telling you and you believe my teachings, then man, you're going to have peace. You're going to have peace in your life. And so we wonder how somebody can be going through chemo or battling cancer and have peace. We're going to wonder how someone can get to the end of their life and they know they don't have long, but they have a peace that passes understanding. And they're not afraid of death. They're not afraid of the grave. You know, they're not afraid of those things. They're ready to embrace Jesus. And we go, how, you know, how do they have that peace? So it says, in this world, you will have trouble. So Jesus is not saying, hey, listen, once you put your faith in me, it's going to be hunky-dory. It's going to be a bed of roses. It's going to be awesome. You know, you don't have to worry about anything. I'll take care of you and all that kind of stuff. But there's going to be challenges. And he's saying, hey, listen, there's going to be trouble. There's going to be opposition. There, there may even be persecution. And think about what the, the disciples went through. Most of them lost their life, you know, because of what they believed. We live in a country where we may get embarrassed if we share our faith or if we pray Someone may, you know, make us, you know, embarrass us a little bit, but we're not persecuted to the point of death here. There are places in the world where they are. And we need to be praying for the church that, man, it will shine brightly in these dark times. We need to be praying for them to, to be bold and to be a, a bright witness for, for Christ. I want to read a passage, or read a, a text to you from a family that's in Ukraine that, um, that they're, they're literally in the middle of everything. This came in Thursday. This is uh, Timothy and Rhoda. They says this is quite possibly our last means of uh, of correspondence for some time. War is imminent, and the con- consequence is dreadful. A state of emergency has been declared, and this will be followed by martial law. Young Ukrainian men from 16 years of age are being called up to serve in the military, and Ukrainians are being given the right to carry arms. A major cyber attack is happening just now as we write this, which uh, has affected Ukrainian banks as well as government websites. Ukrainian citizens are being asked to urgently leave Russia, and our local currency is in, in free fall. Rhoda and I are not leaving. How can we? It says, as an elder in the assembly, my responsibility is to shepherd at all times. It would be a terrible testimony to get up and leave the lust believers. We have been preparing for this day. Rhoda and I have bought generators, fuel, food, etc., as we would like to turn the gospel hall into a place of shelter to accommodate and feed the assembly believers who will face many a hardship. God is about to give us a great opportunity to show our Christian faith practically and reach out into our community with the gospel. Rhoda and I have been have, have, Rhoda and I may have to move out of our apartment as we are close to the Lusk military airfield. And on the 14th floor of our apartment block, we have the central headquarters of the SBO, the Ukrainian Secret Police, close by. As we close the military, as we close this, the military jets can be heard overhead, and we covet your prayers. We're not any braver than you, but confident. We are where God would expect us to be. That's from a family that's in Ukraine. This, you know, facing what I would consider challenging times, wouldn't you? But they're saying, hey, listen, we're going to be a light. And we're going to be Jesus with skin on. And we're going to be a light in this darkness, this, uh, this oppression that is coming in. We're going to be here for the people. And what an incredible picture that is. You know, and like I said, you know, we're not any braver than we're just We want to be in the center of God's will. And the best place to be is in the center of God's will. It's not the safest place. But it is the best place is to be in the center of God's will. And whenever we're in the center of God's will and we have this presence of God inside of us, the very presence of God himself, the Holy Spirit, he gives us peace in the middle of that. But he says, take heart, I have overcome the world. Look at what God is saying here to Israel. He says, don't be afraid, for I am with you. Don't be discouraged, for I am your God. In other words, God is saying, hey, listen, I am with you. For those of us that have put our faith in Christ and we believe that Jesus went to the cross and he died for our sins, he bled out his precious blood, and man, he purchased my salvation. He purchased my soul. 
and I've put my faith in him and I trust him and I've surrendered my life to him, he, he says that he places within me the deposit of the Holy Spirit. And so the very presence of God is within me. And so God says, hey, listen, I'm with you. Don't be discouraged. I will strengthen you and help you. I will hold you up with my victorious right hand. If we read the end of the Bible, hopefully we know that, you know what, we are on the victorious team. We are on the one that wins if we have put our faith in Christ. If we stay focused on this world, we'll lose sight of that. Paul, writing to young Timothy, says, For God has not given us a spirit of fear and of timidity, but of power, love, and self-discipline. And so Paul is writing to Timothy here, and he said, Hey, listen, there's going to be persecution. You know, Paul is actually in prison writing this letter to him. And he's just letting him know, hey, listen, there's going to be sorrow and there's going to be struggles and there's going to be challenges. He said, but man, don't be discouraged. But look at this again. He goes, but for God has not given us a spirit of fear and of timidity, but of power, love, and self-discipline. That's courage. That's courage and confidence in who God is. Confidence in, in the gospel. Confidence in Jesus Christ working in us and working through us. No matter what comes our way, you know what? There's a confidence and a courage that can only come from God. It's not from circumstances because Paul is saying... The circumstances may change. Look what he says here. So never be ashamed to tell others about our Lord. And don't be ashamed of me either, even though I'm in prison for him. With the strength God gives you, be ready to suffer with me for the sake of the good news. So Paul just got through telling him, hey, listen, we have, we have not been given a spirit of fear, of timidity. He says, but of power and a sound mind, of self-discipline, right? And so he said, hey, listen, don't be, don't, don't be surprised if suffering comes your way. But he just told him, hey, listen, don't, don't, don't fear that. Just know that if it comes, God is with us. And look at what it says again. It says, with the strength God gives you. God gives you strength in those t- challenging times. No matter what you're facing. Maybe you're facing something emotionally right now. Like the, the lady who was battling anxiety who's been healed of that. Maybe you're struggling with financial things and you're, and you're worried. About, instead of worrying about it, you begin to pray. And like we talked about last week, you ask God to give you a job, maybe a better job, whatever, to meet, meet the obligations that you've made. Maybe it's, it's a relational situation. Pray for God to help you heal that relationship. Number one, maybe by forgiving first. Whenever we begin to forgive, we let things go. And God, then we can pray with the right kind of heart, right? So as we're working on those things, maybe, it's a, maybe it is something physical. Maybe there's a disease that you're battling or something that seems to be overtaking your body. Pray for God to heal you. God can still do miracles. And we believe that, right? And so here we see that there's, there's things that we can do. So to pray for courage to lead well, that... that family that i just shared that that text with you that came in thursday and so what they're doing hey listen pray for us to lead well and i know there's some of you in here that you probably think or maybe you're watching online you think well mike i'm not a leader but you can be see some of the guys that jesus called to be his disciples didn't think they were leaders and probably weren't leaders in some ways but he taught them to be great leaders and they, went, they became difference makers. And a, a leader is someone who is making a difference, someone who is influencing people. And so we've got to be willing to say, God, I want you to use my, my, my influence. To le- I want to leverage that for the kingdom. God, it's not about me. It's not about my name. It's not about my recognition. God, but I want, I want Jesus to be famous. And I, I want to make much about Jesus in my life. Hopefully that's our, our plan as a church. We want to make much about Jesus. Lift up his name. Make, you know, just literally make everything we can about him. So when we do that, we lead well. So pray for courage to lead well. And, and we've got to be willing to say, God, I, I want to lead well. You know, I want to lead my family well. I want to lead my home well. I want to lead in my job well. And you might say, well, Mike, I'm not, I'm, I'm at the bottom of the totem pole at, at, at my work. 
Well, then you can lead as a 360-degree leader. The first service, I call it a 365-degree leader. But you lead in all directions. You lead, in the, you lead the people that are below you. And if you're at the bottom, you don't have anybody to lead, right, that you think of. But you can lead and influence the people around you, your peers, and then also the people above your peers, and then also your boss or whatever. So you can be a 360-degree leader. You can have influence. And so you've got to have that mentality. God, wherever you put me, I want to lead, and I want to lead well, and I want to lead in a way that honors you. And I want to, I want to bring glory to your name. So here's Joshua, Joshua 1, 1 through 9. First message I ever preached came out of this passage. It's one of my favorite passages. I got a lot of favorite passages. And so, uh, so after the death of Moses, the Lord's servant, the Lord spoke to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses' assistant. And so he's, he's telling him some kind of some bad news. He said, he said, Moses, my servant is dead. Therefore, the time has come for you to lead these people, the Israelites, across the Jordan River into the land I'm giving them. And so here Joshua is hearing from God because God... He buries Moses, and, uh, and he tells Joshua, he said, Moses is dead. My servant is dead. So in other words, now it's in your hands. Joshua, you're going to lead. And so Joshua had been the second hand, I mean, the right-hand man for Moses all this time, you know, this faithful leader, faithful follower. And so he was good with following Moses, and he had watched Moses doing incredible things. He watched Moses go in and literally face Pharaoh and tell Pharaoh, hey, listen, you need to let my people go. And then he would perform miracles in front of Pharaoh and all these plagues would come and all these things would happen. And, you know, and he watched that, you know, that God protected him, that God used him, God provided for him. And God had used Moses in an incredible way. And so you're talking about feeling inferior, probably. Joshua's going like, man, I'm afraid that the people won't believe in me the way they did Moses. And so God is telling him, hey, listen, don't worry, I'll be with you. He's just kind of encouraging him. He's speaking that over him. But he's telling him, hey, listen, you're going to lead. I promise you what I promised Moses, wherever you set foot, you'll be on land I have given you. From the Negev wilderness in the south to the Lebanon mountains in the north, from the Euphrates River in the east to the Mediterranean Sea in the west, including all the land of the Hittites, no one will be able to stand against you as long as you live. For I will be with you as, as I was with Moses. I will not fail you or abandon you. This is God's, God speaking this. He says, be strong and courageous, for you are the one who will lead these people to possess all the land I swore to their ancestors, and I will give them. Be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the instructions Moses gave you. And do not deviate from them, turning either to the right or to the left, and then you will be successful in everything you do. Study this book of instruction continually. Meditate on it day and night, so you will be sure to obey everything written in it, only then will you prosper and succeed in all you do. And so God is telling, I mean, telling Joshua, hey, listen, man, be brave, be courageous. You know, go ahead and prepare yourself. And here's the thing. There's some things you've got to do to make sure that you're ready for that. He said, this is my command. In other words, I'm not asking you anymore. I'm commanding you to be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or discouraged, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. And so here's the thing. is God is telling him, hey, listen, this is what I need to do. And he says, I'm commanding you. I'm commanding. He's commanding Joshua to be brave and to lead well and to be courageous. And I'm just telling you, he commands the church to be brave and to be courageous and that we're to lead well. We're to make a difference. We're not to blend in with a culture. We're to influence and affect culture. That's what the church is supposed to do. And when we say the church, it's not just the building. It's not just the, 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 the assembly, but it's the people of God. The people of God who make up the church are to literally go out and influence. And we're to be courageous in doing that. And so we have to make a decision. We must firmly decide to be courageous. You cannot make a decision in the spur of the moment sometimes. You have to prepare for that. You make that decision before you ever get there. You know, I think about, you know, what's going on in, in uh, Ukraine. 
you know, some of the people made a decision they're not going anywhere. This, this, this family that sent the text, they made a decision we're not going anywhere. So we're going to stay. And so they made a decision. As soon as they, everything began to happen, they made the decision because, you know what, the decision had already been made before they ever got to that point. And I know a lot of times we think, well, I'll just, I'll make the decision whenever the moment happens. A lot of times it's too late. You know, we look back at Cortez whenever he came, you know, to the Americas and he literally said, uh, you know, he, they get everybody, they get them off the ship and he burns the ships to eliminate that being an option of going back. It's like, you know, you, or he's either crazy or either he's courageous. And so he was willing to say, hey, listen, we're moving forward and we're going to stay focused. We're going to be committed to the task and to the mission that we have. And so oftentimes we have to have that mentality. You know what? We're going to burn the ships. We're not going to opt out of this. We're going to be here. We're going to, be, we're going to stand firm. And there's times in our own personal life that we have to make decisions to be courageous. Maybe, like I think about some of the young people in the room that are, maybe you're dating. And you make that decision. So you know what? I'm going to save myself until marriage. I know that's not popular and that's not what culturally what's going on around right now. But I want to save myself for marriage. I want to honor my husband or my wife. And, and I want to save myself. So here's the thing. You have to make decisions before you ever get to that altar. To say, you know what? I'm not going to put myself in certain positions. I'm not going to even let the guard down. I'm going to make decisions now. And I'm going to stick to those commitments now. And so we have to make those decisions before we ever get there. Because whenever you get into the heat of the moment. And all of a sudden the temptation is there. You let down your guard. And you go against what you decided. And what you commit to. And so we've got to be willing to firmly decide before we ever get there to be courageous. And it is a decision. The second thing is being prepared gives us courage. You know, God is uh, telling uh, Joshua, hey, listen, you need to make sure that you know this book of the law. You need to know everything that's in it. You need to meditate on it. You need to be prepared. And he's saying, hey, listen, if you look back as I was with Moses, so we look back and we see God's faithfulness over and over, and Joshua gives com- gets confidence from that. And so we have to be prepared. So the more prepared we are for something, a lot of times the more confident we are. It's kind of like in practice, you know, we... You, grow, you know, growing up, I remember people saying, hey, listen, practice makes perfect. Well, that's not true, you know, because you can practice the wrong ways, right? And so what you need is perfect practice makes perfect play. And so you practice something until you get it right, and then you practice it until you can't get it wrong. And so that's the mentality we ought to have. We're not just going to practice this until we can get it where we get it one time. We get it, we do it so much that we get it to where we can't mess it up. And, and so that's what a, you know, a coach is out there. And I know some of you parents sitting out in your cars going like, why is practice so long? Because they're preparing for a game. You know, they're working on something. And sometimes it takes a lot of time to prepare for that. Sometimes it takes a lifetime, like with Joshua, to prepare for something that's coming your way. And you've got to be willing to say, God, I'm willing to prepare for this moment, for this opportunity. You know, we've got to be willing to prepare for that. We talked about praying for opportunities last week. Well, God prepares us for those opportunities. Are we faithful in these little things? And if we're faithful in these little things, then he's going to give us a big opportunity but we have to prove ourselves faithful in the little things. And if you prove yourself to be faithful in practice, there's a real good chance you're going to be faithful in the game or whenever it matters. And so do we practice what, what Joshua is doing here to, be, to spend time in God's Word? Do we practice, you know, the, 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 if you would, the discipline of praying? Do we get up and start our day in prayer? Do we jump in the shower and we're kind of running through the motions and we go, man, I should have prayed this morning. You know, or do we get up and we find time to meet with God first? Do we discipline ourselves? You know, Paul talked about Timothy. Hey, man, self-discipline. Do we discipline ourselves to, to pray? Do we discipline ourselves to read God's Word? Do we discipline ourselves to do the things that are going to prepare us for the battles that are coming, for the challenges that are coming, for the trials that are coming? And so whenever we don't prepare well, 
We lack confidence. And whenever something happens, man, we fall apart. And it can't be that way for those of us that are believers. We've got to be prepared daily for what is coming our way. Because God tells us that there's things that are going to come our way. Suffering even. So be careful to obey all the instructions Moses gave you. Do not deviate from them, turning either to the right or to the left. And then you'll be successful in everything you do. All right, so everybody wants to be successful. Everybody wants to be successful because usually in our mind we think successful is making a lot of money, right? We're making a lot of money, having what we want, having a lot of stuff. That's not success sometimes. If it is, then why are so many people who have so much money and have so much fame and stuff, how come they take their lives so often? It's because it's not success. It's just success in the world's eyes. And so what we've got to be willing to say, God, how, how do I become successful in relationships? How do I become successful in a marriage? How do I become successful as a parent? How do I become successful in life? How do I become successful at making a difference? How do I live my life to the fullest? So we don't know how long we're going to live. Uh, yesterday I was at the hospital with a, a friend that I, I feel like has lived his life well. And, uh, you know, the last few months have been tough. And uh, I got a text this morning. He passed away at 4.15 this morning. So the thing is, he's a believer. And see, for me, I'm excited about the fact that his body no, more, no longer has issues. I'm excited that he gets to breathe his first breath of heaven today. Because I believe in God's Word, and I believe that he knew Jesus without, without a shadow of a doubt. And so he breathed his last today in this world that is broken and is corrupt. And, and he struggled physically with some things, but today... Man, he's walking streets of gold. Today, he's made complete. He's made whole. And, and so for those of us that believe that, we believe that because it's what God's Word teaches us. And so whenever we know what God's Word says, no matter what comes our way, even death or the grave, you know, we don't have to live in fear of that. But we're able to go, you know what? I believe God's Word. I believe the teachings of Christ. And so we've got to know what God's Word says. God's presence is critical to our courage. I mean, if you want to have courage, I mean, you've got to know that, that God lives within you. You know, that he goes before you. Man, that he fights your battles. And so the more that we know God's word, the more that we know his promises, man, it gives us incredible courage because of the presence of God in our life. For those of us that have put our faith in Christ, I said it a while ago, we have been given a deposit called the Holy Spirit that lives within us. And so Jesus said, hey, listen, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. So if we know that Christ lives within us, he will never leave us. No matter what we're going through, whether it be a physical challenge or a relational challenge or a financial challenge, you know, God, you're right here with me. You're in the midst of this. And, and he told Joshua that. Do not be afraid or discouraged, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Man, what an incredible promise to lean into that and say, you know what, maybe you're here today and you're going, Mike, I feel so alone. Man, well, then maybe you need to ask God to come and live within you. A invite Jesus to come and take up residence inside of your heart. Maybe you're watching online and you've never asked Christ to save you. You've never become a part of the family of God. You won't ever be alone. And you say, Jesus, that is my need today. And there's often times that, you know, Satan will tell you that you're alone, that nobody cares. And I'm telling you, man, God loves you. He wants a relationship with you. And through the body of Christ, he wants to put people in your life that love on you. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. When we get our mind around that passage and we go, you know what? The God is walking with me. And there's even times, man, he is fighting my battles for me. He's fighting off the enemy. The spirit is praying for me in ways I don't even know how to pray. And so whenever we walk through life with that kind of confidence, we may get discouraged, but we can go back to scripture and we can see God's promise and say, you know what? I'm claiming God's promise today. 
He never leaves me nor forsakes me. He goes with me. He, he, he protects me. His rod and staff, they comfort me. And so here's the thing. We need to pray for courage to do the right thing. You know, I'm praying for our nation right now. I'm praying for our leaders. Hopefully you are as well. I'm praying for leaders across the world to do the right thing. You know, and we need to be praying. You know, God, we, we pray for your wisdom to be poured out. We pray for the courage to do the right thing. And oftentimes the right thing is tough to do, especially if it's not popular. There's a lot that hangs in the balance. You know, and what we do too often, we worry about what people think. We worry about what people might say. And so instead of doing the right thing, we will avoid the opportunity to do the right thing because we're worried about other people. Jesus told a story. He said, uh, Jesus replied with a story. He said, a Jewish man was traveling from Jerusalem down to Jericho, and he was attacked by bandits. And they stripped him of his clothes and beat him up and left him half dead beside the road. So in other words, this guy, he, he, this guy's traveling, and man, he, he's, just, uh, he's just mugged and beat up and just real close to death. And, and so the, the, the listeners, the, guy, the people that Jesus is telling us to, they're, you know, they're wanting to know, you know, who is our neighbor? Who, you know, who, who do we really, should, should we really care about? Because there's some people we don't really like that much. You know, and here's the thing. We often wonder, hey, who is our neighbor? I think our neighbor is who lives beside us and who's in our life and the people around us. And, and so, so they're asking this question. And so Jesus tells a story. He says, by chance, a priest came along. But when he saw the man lying there, he crossed to the other side of the road and passed him by. And so we see that, that picture of, you know, this priest, this religious guy who you would think knows the scripture, knows that, you know, you ought to care for people. You ought to show some compassion. But instead he looks over, sees him and just kind of crosses over to the other side of the road, kind of avoids him like a, you know, like a plague and just kind of avoids him and kind of goes on about his business instead of caring for him or ministering to him, just wants to get by him. And so for the, the people that are here listening to this, they're going, wow, this is a guy who should have known better, you would think, uh, you think he would have done something. A temple assistant walked over and looked at him lying there, but he also passed by on the other side. And then look at this. And then a despised Samaritan came along. And when he saw the man, he felt compassion for him. So the people that are listening to this are most likely Jewish men and women who are hearing this. And so for them, for Jesus to even use a despised Samaritan was like, whoa, wait a minute, do what? I mean, it kind of took them back because the Samaritan was kind of a half-breed, if you would, and kind of despised, and that's why Jesus says despised Samaritan. He's already given this religious guy, this priest had walked by, and he had avoided it. This, this assistant, who should have known better as well, had been around the teaching, you know, kind of avoided it and went on. But this, this scumbag, if you will, comes along, and all of a sudden he shows compassion. And so for everybody that's listening, they're going like, the people that knew better didn't do anything, but the one that, you know, that we don't even want to have anything to do with showed compassion. It's kind of like an awe and wow. You know, they're like, wait a minute. What are you talking about, Jesus? So going over him to the, the Samaritan soothed his wounds with olive oil and wine and bandaged them. And then he put the man on his donkey and he took him to an inn where he, he took care of him. The next day he handed the innkeeper two silver coins telling him, take care of this man. If his bill runs higher than this, I'll, I'll pay you the next time I'm here. So Jesus asked, he said, now which of these three would you say was the neighbor to the man who was attacked by bandits? And the man replied, the one who showed him mercy. And then Jesus said, yes, now go and do likewise. Go and do the same thing. And so Jesus is telling us, man, we've got to be willing to get outside of ourself. And oftentimes it's not popular to do the right thing. Oftentimes it's not popular at all. Culture is going in one direction. 
And we've got to be willing to say, you know what, God, I want to, I want to influence culture. I want to impact culture. I don't want it pushing me around, but I want the word of God to guide me, to lead me. And God, I, I want to do what's right. And, and so we, we, we need to be willing to pray for these things. Be willing to do what's right, even if it's not popular. Be willing to do what's right, even if it's not popular. And that can be a lot of things. I mean, there, there could be things that your friends are doing, and you've got to be willing to say no. You might lose some friends, but you know what? At least you kept your integrity and your character. You might be working with some coworkers that don't mind stealing from the company. And you go, well, you know, everybody else is doing it. Well, you know, why don't you show a little character and integrity and say, you know what? I'm not doing what's popular. I'm going to do what's right. You know, oftentimes, you know, people see some things happen, you know, and, and we often see things where people will video. You know, somebody's getting beat up or somebody's getting robbed. I'm like, dude, put your phone down. Why don't you help out? You know what I'm saying? And, and too often, you know, we just, want to, we just want to get a few hits on, on some kind of social media. Why not help out? Why not do the right thing? But instead, we just want to video it. And, and so we've got to be willing to say, you know, God, help me to do the right thing, even if it's not popular. And then here's another. Be willing to step out of your comfort zone to do what's right. All right, so this guy, he's on a trip. He's traveling. But yet he says, you know what, I'm going to take the time and mess up my schedule. Now, some of you guys who are so schedule-oriented, you know, you don't want anybody messing up your schedule. But here we see that he was willing to say, you know what, this is more important. And I'm just telling you, there's some things that will happen in your life that are more important than what's on your schedule. And moms and dads, sometimes it's our kids. Sometimes it's, you know, saying, hey, listen, you know what, I know I've got a busy schedule, but you know what, my kid needs me right now. I need to spend time with them. I need to make sure that I'm there for them. Maybe they need some face time with you. Maybe they just need to sit down and snuggle up and watch a movie. But we get so busy with life and stuff that we need to slow down. And so we've got to be willing to step out of our comfort zone to do what's right. You know, this guy, this, this despised Samaritan, is willing to interrupt his schedule, even willing to, you know, sacrifice to meet the needs of somebody that hated him. You think about that? What, I mean, what we do to some people, we go, hey, well, it's easy to love the people that love us, right? But what do you do for those who despise you? You still serve them. You still minister to them. You still preach to them the, the good news. You know, that's what Paul, they were preaching to guys that hated them and despised them. You know, Paul would say, hey, listen, I'm in prison, but it's because I preach the gospel. It's because I'm offering hope to those who have no hope. You know, and so we've got to be willing to love the people that oftentimes despise us. And that is out of our comfort zone. Here's another one. Be willing to sacrifice for what is right. I think about the couple there in Ukraine who are willing to sacrifice they could probably get out. They could probably catch a, fl- a plane and get out of there. But they're like, you know what? You know, how can we? I feel like this is what we're supposed to do. They're putting their lives at risk. They're probably going to face all kinds of hardships. Uh, we got a message yesterday from uh, a couple that's there that was in uh, at, uh, A for J, which is Africa for Jesus, where, uh, where Pastor uh, Ken and we were over there. They were there. We met them. So they're a young couple that does missions in Ukraine. And so they, were, they had lost all their funds. They had, didn't have any funds. And so Ken was able to, able to send them some money yesterday to kind of help out with what they're going through. Because everything over there, like I said, was in free fall. They were able to get them, get them some funds there. And so, you know, they're, they're wanting to stay and do what's right. They're wanting to stay and be a, a ministry there. And so we've got to ask ourselves, you know, God, what, what kind of sacrifice does it take to, for me to do the right thing? And, and doing the right thing may be, you know what, you've got a collection of cars, and you know someone who doesn't have a vehicle, you give them a vehicle. You're like, whoa, that's a major sacrifice. It is. But you know what, what if, what if God says, hey, listen, you can't outgive me. I'll bless you with more if you'll just be a vessel of blessing. If you'll just say, you know what, God, I'll, I'll sacrifice 
so that the kingdom is expanded. God, I'll sacrifice so that others have. Then you know what? God will meet our need. That's the incredible thing about Christianity, man. The more that we give, the more that we sacrifice, the more that God meets our need. And oftentimes what we think we're giving away, man, God is just going to bless it and it's going to just, it's going to increase tenfold. And we get to be a part of that. We get to be a part of blessing someone. We get to be a part of blessing the churches that are being a light in a dark world. So being willing to sacrifice. This guy was willing to give his money, his time, and even care for and minister to a guy who despised him most likely. So next steps for me today, and to me this is really the only one, is to decide today to follow Jesus with courage. Because here's the thing, if I follow Jesus and I follow his teachings, then I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to love people no matter what color they are, no matter what socioeconomic background they come from, no matter what religious teachings they might have, I'm going to love them enough to share the gospel with them. If I follow Jesus' teachings, then I'm going to care for the least of these. You know, and that's going to take me out of my comfort zone. You know, and so if I, if I follow Jesus' teaching, then I'm going to know that He is with me and it's going to give me incredible courage because He places His Spirit to live within me. And I know that, you know, if God has called me to do something, He's going to equip me to do that work. Even though it's out of my comfort zone, I know that if I follow Jesus and I, and I literally follow His teaching, then He's going to use me to do things that I can't even imagine. And oftentimes what we do is, like, well, God, what is out of my comfort zone that's here in our area? And maybe it's go to work with people that maybe no one else wants to be around. See, like nursing homes are always busy around Thanksgiving and Christmas because it's kind of a feel-good season to do that. Well, what about the rest of the year when they can't get anybody to come and play a piano or, or paint fingernails or just care for them? What's out of your comfort zone? It's going down and feeding the hungry or the homeless. You go, man, I don't know if I can do that. Won't you try it? Won't you just trust God to use you? Say, God, give me the courage to get out of my perfect little house and go serve somebody in the name of Jesus. Too often, we want the American dream. It's all about stuff and gaining stuff. But really, it's about loving people and loving God and serving people and serving God. That's what it's really about. Sometimes it may take sacrifice. And it may take courage to do those things. We go, I don't know if I want my kids around things like that. Maybe it would do your kids good to be on a mission trip and to see what it's like for a kid to not have anything. But they got more joy than your kid does who has everything. So we've got to be able to say, God, what do you want to do in me today? God, give me courage to follow Jesus. There may be some of you here today, or maybe you're watching online, but you never put your faith in Christ. Today, let today be the day of salvation for you. So you say, you know what, from here forward, man, I'm following Christ. I'm trusting Him. I'm surrendering my life to Him. Let today be the day of salvation for you. I'm praying for God to give you the courage. There may be some of you, man, you're fighting battles that I don't even know about, but God knows everything about them. And maybe He said, hey, listen, I want you to take that to the altar. I want you to leave it at the altar today. I want you to have the courage to walk down and trust me with that. So whatever it might be, I just want to encourage you to trust Him. And have courage to step out of your comfort zone, to have courage to, to, to follow Him, to have courage to surrender to who Jesus is. I want to ask you just to bow your heads and close your eyes. and You just respond as the Lord leads you. But I, I believe there's somebody, maybe, just, maybe you're online and you're watching this, you've never put your faith in Christ, you've never surrendered your life to Jesus. Maybe you're here in this room, like the young man who, who prayed to receive Christ earlier. 
And you realize today that, you know what, you need, you need Jesus in your life. You want to know that you're saved. You want to know that you're His child. You want to know that you're part of His family. You want to know what it's like to not be alone. And maybe you're watching or maybe you're here. You're wondering, how do you do that? I want, I want to tell you how I did it. I was 19 years old whenever God grabbed me by the heart. I knew about Jesus. I'd known all kinds of stuff about Him my whole life. But man, whenever I got to that point in my life, I, I knew I had never surrendered my life to Christ. And so that night, I gave my life to Jesus. I said, Jesus, I just want you to come in. I want you to be the leader and the Lord of my life. I confess to you that I'm a sinner. And I ask you to forgive me of my sins. And man, I could tell that night, I could feel God washing me clean from the inside out. And just say, Jesus, I want to ask you to come into my life to forgive me of my sins. Will you forgive me? His answer is yes. Jesus, I want, you to, I want you to fill me with your Spirit, and I want you to seal me with your Holy Spirit until the day of redemption. And Jesus, I want to quit living the way I've been living. I want to live for you. That's, that's repentance. And so when we confess our sins and we repent of our sins, it, man, we turn to Jesus. He literally invites us into his family. He adopts us into his family. And he places his Holy Spirit within us to seal us until the day of redemption. If you just prayed that prayer... Man, if, you, if you're in this room, if you would just raise your hand and say, Mike, that's me. I just prayed that prayer. I just prayed to receive Christ. Anybody in here? Anybody in here? I see your hand right back here. Amen. Welcome to the family of God. That's awesome. Anybody else? Just raise your hand and say, Mike, I just prayed that prayer. If you just prayed that prayer, then you are part of the family of God. You've been ushered in. You've been adopted. That's awesome. If you did that online, man, if you don't mind text us, let us know. In just a second, the worship team is going to lead us in a song. Now, I believe there's some of you in this room that, man, you've been battling and needing courage. And so I want to give you an opportunity just to respond. The prayer team is going to be here at the front. They're going to be there to pray for you. If you're at home, you can get down by your couch or your uh, coffee table, and you can make that your altar today. You say, God, I've been afraid, and I'm tired of being afraid, and God, I'm asking you to give me courage. I'm asking you to give me courage for the next steps. I'm asking you to give me the courage to keep moving, to persevere. And so whatever it may be that God has put on your heart, I want, to give you, I want to pray that God would give you the courage to walk an aisle, to lay it down, to leave it there. So right now, I just want to ask everybody across the room just to stand. You respond as the Holy Spirit leads, as the worship team leads us. You respond, and you just trust God. Everybody stand. And if God says, hey, listen, go lay it down, go lay it down. Have the courage to trust Him. Listen, I can remember standing back there and going, man, I want to go to the altar, but I was afraid of what people might think and that people might think my life was messed up. You know what? It was. And I needed Jesus, and I needed to go down to that aisle, but I remember just negotiating and arguing with God. And so I just want to encourage you, man, if he's saying, hey, go, go, trust him. Have the courage to trust him. Father, I pray that you'd bless this, this time. God, let us draw near to you. God, give us courage to do what you are telling us to do today. In Jesus' name, amen. You respond as the Spirit leads.